Praise the Lord, Grace Church. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God today on this Sunday morning? God is great, and He is greatly to be praised. Amen. Over the past few days, I've been thinking about pastor's message from this past Wednesday, and I don't know about you, but it totally blessed me. Amen. And if you didn't hear it, you need to go back and listen to it. But he talked about, does God honor faithfulness? And the scripture shows that yes, he does. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. But he spoke about Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph, how his brothers threw him into a pit and ultimately they sold him into slavery. But in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he said to his brothers, what you meant for evil against me, God used it for good. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that the battle doesn't belong to us, but it belongs to the almighty God. And if we stay faithful in our prayer, if we stay faithful to God, amen, we will see a victory in our life. We will see victory in our families. We will see victory in our homes. And I praise Him for it today. Can we give God just a little bit of praise all over this place? Hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord. Oh, yes. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. Turn it for 
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good is there a witness in the house today oh yes you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good oh yes you turn it for good oh yes you do love hallelujah you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good hallelujah you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it into any earthly relationship you can try any substance you can try anything the world has to offer but nothing will bring fullness of joy to your soul like the presence of the living God and you're in his presence here at Grace Church this morning 
And I think it would be all right one more time to just celebrate his presence from that perspective, knowing that we're in a place where there is fullness, completeness of joy. Oh, yeah, one more time. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's celebrate today. It feels good in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before you're seated this morning, I just want to welcome everybody to Grace Church. We're glad you're here on campus this morning. We're glad to see you and those joining on Facebook Live and live stream. We're so glad that you've chosen to be part of our service today. And I know it'll be a blessing, a blessing to you. So God bless you very much for that. God bless you, Grace Church. You may be seated this morning. Before we continue with our worship, we just have a couple of things we want to mention to you, a couple of things we want to remind you of. First and foremost, most important, today after church, there will be a pulled pork dinner for lunch. Does that sound all right to everybody today? Amen. Amen. Pulled pork sandwich, baked beans, chips, cookie and a drink, all for $10. Hey, we know you're going to eat lunch after church, so you might as well go next door to the Alexander Center and pick up 50, 60, 70, 100 pulled pork dinners and just enjoy a great big lunch here today for $10. Now, all the proceeds, this is not... This is not something that we're doing. You know, a lot of times we do these things for missions and for different ministries. This all will go to Mike Tomlinson. This is uh, Brother James and Sister Sarah's son who has uh, some medical uh, issues, some medical needs today. And so all of the proceeds go to help with that cause. And so what a wonderful way to, to help this family and to contribute uh, to this. And so we want you to be a part of that right after church. One final thing on that is that if you're paying online, don't forget on the, on the, on the drop-down menu, on the ways to give and the, the different uh, categories to give, please click on Grace Church Goods and Services, and we'll know what that's for. So make a note of that if you're paying online. Tomorrow night, you have an opportunity to pray with your family at 714 at home, United Family Prayer. We want you to take this, uh, take advantage of this opportunity uh, to pray a blessing over your family, over your home. But we also want to pray for our country and pray for our world. We're we're living in times that need uh, that need the church to respond with prayer, and this is a great opportunity to do that tomorrow night. Then you have another opportunity to pray on Tuesday morning in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock for Tuesday morning prayer. And if your schedule allows, we would like you to be a part of that. One last thing I want to remind you of before we pray together. We will be honoring our graduates on Sunday, May the 2nd. We do this every year. It's always a very special time. Uh, we're very proud of the accomplishments of our graduates. We're, we want to celebrate with you. We want to honor you. And so if you're graduating either from high school or college in this graduation cycle, we want you to get with the church office and let us know so that we can be prepared to honor you on Sunday, May the 2nd. So please make a note of that if you are graduating. Amen. Everybody say, I got it. I want to uh, pray about a couple of things this morning before we go back into worship. First of all, I want to say we are so glad that Katie, Ty, and her family are back. We want to welcome them back. They've been uh, they've been going a while. Let's give them a Grace Church welcome. Yeah. Part of, part of the Grace Church family. The prodigal has returned. Amen. Uh, but uh, Katie experienced the loss of her father last week, and she'd been out in New Mexico uh, just with the family, with her dad, and he has passed away. And uh, we want to remember Katie and her family in prayer this morning. And then also... 
uh, we want to remember uh, Reverend Leroy and Sister Evelyn Buller in prayer. They are retired pastors in the Cincinnati area, built a church there many, many years, are now retired. This is pastor's aunt and uncle, and uh, they are standing in need of prayer today. Both Brother Leroy and Sister Evelyn Buller have asked our church for prayer. And so we want to do that. We want to lift them up today. So one more time, would you stand with me this morning? And, uh, and let's take these knees before the throne of grace today. Jesus, we thank you again for the presence of God that we feel. And we know we're in the right place at the right time because we're in your presence on a Sunday morning. And the possibilities are endless of what you will do before the last amen is said. I pray for these knees today. I pray for Katie and her family in this time of loss. God, that you would wrap your arms of compassion and mercy around their family, that you would walk them through this valley, Lord, that they would feel the presence and unction of God, the comforter, Lord, to do what you do so well in these times. And I pray for the Bullers this morning, Lord, that you would absolutely touch, that your hand would reach down and that you would be a God, a healer, a provider, and that you would minister, Lord, beyond even what we could ask or think. Do this, we pray, for us today. Anoint the remainder of the service in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord today as the praise team leads us in worship.
exactly what I need. You fill my heart with faith to trust you. I lift my hands as I believe. You're the God of restoration power nothing is too hard for the working hand of God so come release your healing I know you are willing nothing is too hard for the hand of God you won't forsake the weak and weak Oh, oh, oh. 
Everybody in the house, would you praise the Lord? Lift up your voice. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe there is a tremendous working of the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, have listened to our worship team this morning. And it's as though as God has used them to be very specific. God, if I may use this term, I'm feeling here this morning that God wants to be so precise. Um, he wants to be anything but general here today. He wants to be anything but just overview. I believe there's I believe there are several people here today that's, that's really struggling, that's really wrestling. Um, you're carrying a very heavy burden. And uh, I want God to help you right now. Uh, I don't have to ask God to help you. He will. He wants to. I'm just asking you to let Him help you. Let Him help you with your feelings with things you're wrestling with, with things that you're fighting against I believe there's several people here today that has circumstances going on in your life right now that you don't know what to do with uh, you don't know how to handle it you don't know what tomorrow's holding you don't know what next week is going to bring if they can, I'd like for them to just sing that just once or twice. We don't have to go through the whole thing again. But I'd like to give everybody here this morning that's feeling what I'm feeling, an opportunity to lift your hands, your face to heaven, and say, God, I'm the one that needs that healing. I'm the one that needs to have that burden lifted. I'm the one that needs some guidance. As they sing right now, would you open your heart, lift your hands, lift your face. There's nothing to be ashamed of here today. There's nothing to be embarrassed. Lift, lift your face to heaven and say, God, I just need to feel that touch of your hand. I need to feel that touch of your presence. I need to know your sickness. He can remove our weakness. He can take our weakness. He can give you strength. He can give Somebody lift your hands today. Open your heart. And let the Spirit of the Lord work here today all over the house right now. Would you open your heart to Him and praise and worship? Open your heart to Him in sincerity. In transparency and honesty. God, I need your help today, God. I need your help today, everybody in the house. Would you talk to the Lord right now?
tell him right now what he wanted to do. He came here to help somebody, and he's doing it right now. He's ministering to somebody right now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. While the musicians are playing right now, let's worship the Lord one more time.
There's a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord here today, and I hope you all have felt that. And I believe there's about three or four people here right now that God just came to you just right when you needed it. And uh, I believe that today with all of my heart. What a faithful friend. What a faithful Savior we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 45, we'll continue this moment of celebration and worship in just a few moments. But I do have something from the Lord I want to share. I would like to, again, uh, those of you that are striving to be visionaries, to just really be something great in the kingdom, to be what God wants you to be, to be everything God wants you to be. I want to encourage you. I'd really like to highlight again our students this morning. I'd really like to highlight our students and uh, make this presentation with them in mind. Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 says, Jesus speaking, Who then, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, Jesus said, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink and with drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he's not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'd like to talk to you just for a few moments here today. I'll not be long. I'd like to ask you the question that Jesus did. Who is a faithful and wise servant? Who is a faithful and wise servant? Thank you for standing. Everybody say, God bless the word. And you may be seated. Listen very carefully to my introductory remarks, if you would. The scripture that I read comes from what is commonly referred to as the Olivet Discourse. It's the last words Jesus would leave to his disciples before he was crucified. There's much that Jesus deals with in Matthew 24 and 25, but the prevailing theme that pours out of it is that we all must be ready for the coming of the Lord. And everybody said amen. Here we find the disciples gathering around the Lord to hear about the end of the age, the whole context of Jesus' words here indicates to us that there will be a separation that will take place. And I would like for us to pause here. This is why I ask you to listen carefully. I'd like to do just a very short comparison between this sermon that is called the Olivet Discourse or the Olivet Sermon the Olivet being the Mount of Olives, and the Sermon on the Mount. Again, this last sermon of the Lord mirrors the first one that he delivered some three and a half years earlier 
when he preached the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount is one that never dies. It's a sermon that has lived forever and will live forever. And if you study the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll find that there are some 42 different principles, 42 different principles that establish the church of God and the character of a saint or a child of God. I have a long list here today, but I'll only give you five or six of these. For example, in Matthew 5.13, Jesus compares good salt to bad salt. In verses 14 and 15, he compares light as opposed to darkness. In verse 17, he talks about the destruction of the law and then the fulfillment of the law. In verse 19, he talks about commandment breakers and commandment bearers. He talks about forgiveness compared with unforgiveness. He talks about the man that is controlled by lust versus the man who mortifies or kills the body of sin. So the Sermon on the, Mount, on the Mount was a masterpiece of a sermon that was full of paradoxes, choices, comparisons, and differences. It was spoken from a hillside, but spoken into history, and finally spoken into eternity. An eloquent sermon that Jesus preached that day called the Sermon on the Mount. So if we go back to the sermon or the discourse of the Olivet or the Mount of Olives, in the same manner that Jesus' ministry was begun, you'll find it ending on a similar note. Again, he makes references to comparisons and differences in Matthew 24 and 25. For example, in 24 verse 6, he talks about wars on earth compared to having peace in your heart. In verse 8 of 24, he said, he talks about the beginning of the end. In verse 12, he talks about iniquity and compares it with love. He talks about quitters and endurers. He talks about those on the housetop having a choice to stay there or get down and run for your life. In verse 18, he said, those in the field have a choice. Stay in the field or return home. And again, the list of these comparisons goes on and on. Yet in this passage, we find that there is the necessity of understanding what it means to be a faithful and wise servant. The Lord lets us know that the opposite of a faithful and wise servant is one that is evil. A faithful servant is a man who is trustworthy. A faithful servant is a person who is trustworthy and carries out his assigned roles. He can be relied on to take care of the assigned business with honesty, integrity, and willingness to do the hard work that it takes 
for that to be accomplished. The word wise, if you'll notice the screen, the word wise indicates to us an intelligence that has been gleaned from both experience and the willingness to listen to a teacher. The faithful and wise servant is a cautious man who is making sure that the investments of his overseer are not wasted. He is a prudent man who is unwilling to be taken advantage of in the matters of the owner's property. Every decision he makes is thought through and well planned. On the other hand, there are servants that are evil. These men are those who have a bad nature about them. There's something basically destructive uh, about everything they do and get involved in. They are always, they're always underlying and hidden motives that wants to strip and destroy the business they represent. They will steal. They will do their best to injure people who get in their way. Void of conscience, little seems to control their behavior. That's the evil servant. A servant that is evil is lack in his responsibilities. He thinks nothing of abusing his fellow man and those under his care. The evil servant does not even consider the return of the master who will require an accounting one day. I don't want to spend time on the evil servant, but I want to talk to you today about the profile or portrait of a faithful and wise servant. What is it? What does it take? What does it mean to be classified as a faithful and wise servant? As it's been referenced this morning, I taught this past Wednesday night, does the Lord honor faithfulness? I believe he does. So if you want God to honor you as a person of faith, a person of trust, there has to be some manner of discipline and accountability. There is a definition, if you will, there's a description, there's a portrait of a faithful and wise servant. So the Lord asked a question to his disciples. Who is a faithful and wise servant? Who is the man or person who the master places over his house? Who is it that is able to give food and serve food at the proper time? What kind of person will it be that watches over the house with a sense of vigilance and seriousness? I want to submit to you today If you're going to be, and again, I'm highlighting our students. If you're going to be a wise and faithful servant, there are some requirements. I understand I'm not naive to our modern day church culture that pretty much says you can do what you want and go and come as you please and what have you. I'm not naive to that. But neither am I naive to what the Bible says. And I'd far rather do what the Bible says than to follow cultural trends that will lead you nowhere. Everybody said amen. So if you're going to be a faithful 
and wise servant. There are some requirements that you will have to discipline yourself to. First of all, to enjoy the blessing, the honor, the notoriety, the credit, the association of being a faithful and wise servant. I submit to you today that there will be a price tag attached to that. It just depends on how much you desire to be that kind of a disciple, to be that kind of a servant to the Lord. There's a price tag that comes to those who give themselves to being a faithful and wise servant. In our walk with God, there will be struggles, strivings, and setbacks that we are forced to endure. Paul was right when he said that we walk by faith and not by sight. The closest disciples to the Lord, Peter, James, and John, all had to pay a heavy price for their faithfulness. A deep devotion that these men had needs to come alive. It must come alive in our own world today, especially the church. And I still desire for a more of an awakening in my own life to be even more devoted, more accountable, more committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say to you again, if you want to feel that responsibility, if you want to have that label, if you will, if you want to have that kind of credibility, I want to say to all of us today, to those who are a wise and faithful servant, there's a reward awaiting those that follow Jesus committed and dedicated to his cause and purpose. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal and it will be worth every hour, every minute, every trial, every heartbreak, every setback that you suffer. It's going to be worth it all when we're rejoicing on the other side with our loved ones. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. There's a passion. There's a pain that's involved in paying the price of becoming a wise and faithful servant of the Lord. You can try to bypass paying the price of devotion, but the Lord needs men and women now who are going to and are willing to do His will and accomplish His purpose. There will be a great separation to take place for those who are willing to pay the price for becoming a wise and faithful servant of the Lord. For everyone who's willing to go the length it takes to be faithful and wise, there are a hundred more that would rather remain locked up in the status quo and the lukewarmness of their relationship with God. You will pay the price for faithfulness sooner than you think you will, and you will have to pay more than what you would expect. Consider these passages of Scripture that deal with the calling of God, those that God sets apart. John said in his epistle, because that for his name's sake they went for it. Jesus said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He said in John 13, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Jesus told his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane to tarry ye here 
and watch with me. He needed somebody there. There's a price to pay. In Mark chapter 6, in straightway, he constrained his disciples. He constrained them to get into a ship and go to the other side. To Moses, he said at the burning bush, God called him. God called him and said, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. To Paul, the Bible said in Acts 29, Paul said, I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He said in 1 Corinthians 1 that we were called to be saints. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, though it tarry, wait for it. Again, Paul said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. The devil doesn't want anybody to hear any of these passages of Scripture. He wants you to muddle along and just get by. But the reality is that there's those who choose this kind of lifestyle end up coming short in the long run. There's a price to pay that comes with being a wise and faithful servant and all of us here today looking at the backdrop of Calvary we must all be willing to pay whatever God wants us to pay it very well could be a price that demands more than you're willing to pay but if you can ever humble yourself under the mighty hand of God there are incredible rewards that come out of it I can't even begin to express the blessing. I talked to someone just this morning about Sister Murphy and I living under such an amazing blessing of God right now. I want a depth of God in me. But I'm the only one who can even begin to move towards that faithfulness that God wants all of us to fulfill. Brother J.R. Enzi said one time, Worry about the depth of your ministry and God will take care of the breadth of your ministry. The second thing to being a wise and faithful servant is it's going to require you to be pulled from your own comfort zone. Somebody said several months ago, I think it was somebody on the ministry team, one of these amazing men up here said, sometimes I just get so tired of hearing the word being stretched, being stretched, God stretching and God stretching. God's always pulling. If you're called to ministry, if you're called to purpose, if you want to be a visionary, if you want to make something out of your life that's kingdom worthy, that's heaven worthy, God is always going to be pushing. He's always going to be calling. He's not going to leave you exactly where you are now because God wants to develop every bit of potential you have. He wants to develop every bit of giftedness you have. He wants to take everything you've got and use it for all he's worth for the benefit and purpose of his kingdom. Yes, he does. And so for that to happen, it doesn't mean you can just sit on a church chair and just be comfortable with a Sunday morning in and Sunday morning out. But sooner or later, it's going to call for some prayer time and some days of fasting and some Bible study and some mentoring and some counseling and some testifying and some moving forward and some stepping up. I'm proud to stand here and say that we have 12, 13, 14-year-old young people in this church that are stepping up to the cause and say, Pastor, if you need somebody to work around the church, use me. Does my heart good to know that we have a 12-year-old, 12, 11, that's back there learning how 11, 
just learning how to run our live stream. I want all of our live streamers to know through our worship service this morning as an 11-year-old presenting grace to you on your screen at home or wherever you are. People willing to step outside their comfort zone. Are they nervous? Yes, they're nervous. Are they a little scared and tentative? Yes, they are. But they're willing to get over themselves and past themselves and get around all the issues and all the quirks and all the this and all the that and say, I want to do something great for the kingdom of God. They're willing to step outside of their own personal zone. Personal growth has a price tag attached to it. Just as endurance has a price tag, so does moving forward to a greater spiritual maturity and usefulness. I want everybody to understand, those of you that pay any attention to the sports world, God bless you is all I can say. But if you pay attention to it, I want you to know when you're seeing these men and women at their top performance, don't think they just stepped out onto the stage and did that. But it took hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of practice and practice and working out and in the locker room and the weight room and this room and that room to get to that point. Don't think that being a disciple of Christ is any different. You're not just going to step up somewhere and say this is going to be this and that but somewhere along the line you've got to step out of your comfort zone and say by the help and might and power of God I'm going to be exactly what God wants me to be God I feel the Holy Ghost here right now difficulties can pull us out of our comfort zone you're going to be challenged you're going to be challenged whether it's sickness or disease or financial uh, hardship, whether it's offenses, whether it's, you name it, temptation, it doesn't matter. All of these things are going to come, but it's only to make you stronger. We all understand that gold is tried by fire. It's worthless until it goes to the fire. Isaiah said, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. I strive for our students to set your phones down for a little while instead of chatting with one another. Why don't you talk to God? I wish sometimes I could give God an iPad or an iPhone or a smartphone, and maybe some of our young people would talk to him more if he would text back with you and say, hey, this is God. Hey, what's up today, dude? And send you a couple of emojis, and it would just light us up. But God don't work that way, unfortunately. worried about somebody in our youth group instead of texting your buddy about it why don't you come up here to the church or find your place at home and get on your face and intercede for them Isaiah said he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor Ezekiel said and I sought for a man among them that should take up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it but he said I found none if a person can intercede it will make all the difference all of us must know something about prayer and fasting. Prayer was the one thing. Prayer was the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus specifically to teach them to do. But oftentimes, it is pain that pulls us into our prayer closet. I wish it were different. I wish it was different. But it seems that's how it seems to operate mostly. So don't let your values go astray. God does his best to pull us out of our comfort zone so we can grow in a spiritual way. And he will use whatever means available to move us to a place of fervent prayer. 
And the third thing, if you want to be a wise and faithful servant, you have to develop a deep, deep love for Jesus. Let me inform all of us here today that you can go about any Christian calling and do it without a vision. In fact, it is often easier to work for God without a calling because you can bypass love and be bound to duty but never really make any difference at all. This is what Jesus was getting at in that paralyzing sequence of Scripture. In John chapter 21, verse 15, he had just resurrected from the dead. He was eating dinner with his disciples. And the way I have it in my mind's eye is he took a bite of fish and looked over at Simon Peter and said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? A lot of people believe he was talking about the fish because Peter was a fisherman. That was his job. Do you love me more than your career? Other people interpret it different ways. Peter answered right. Yeah, Lord, you know that I love thee. Jesus does know what he wants to know is do you know? So he said to Peter, feed my lambs or feed young converts and what have you. And he said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. So going to be older, established people. Jesus looked at him the third time and said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? It's interesting that Jesus is referring to Peter here by his original name where Jesus met him. He was called Simon until Jesus met him and Jesus called him Peter. Simon was a reed shaken in the wind. Peter is a rock. And when Jesus called him to be a disciple, he was referred to him as Peter. But in this case, he's calling him Simon. He's addressing his flesh. He's addressing his weaknesses. If you're going to be, Peter, what I want you to be, I'll call you Peter, and I love that rock part of you, but you still have some Simon in you, and that's what I'm addressing now. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. And you know that I love you. And Jesus said unto him, then feed my sheep. I think I could be okay with Jesus asking me once, do you love me? Maybe twice, but three times. I've answered you the best I can, God. And the best way I know how. What else is it that you want me to say? I want to submit to everybody here today that I want a vision in me. I want our church to have a vision that will make a difference with people. The only way that Peter was really going to feed God's people 
And Jesus knew this. The only real way that Peter, you can be a disciple, you can play by the rules, but that doesn't mean you love Jesus. There's plenty of other motivators. Recognition. In the spotlight, all of that. But Jesus made it clear, if you're going to serve me and really make an impact on people like I want you to do, you have to love me. If you don't love me, it's not going to show. The people that you want to minister to are going to see that you're promoting somebody that you yourself don't love as much as you say you do. Lovest thou me more than these? Let me tell you what love is capable of in conclusion today. Love moves us into an attitude that changes both us and those who are around us. Find a young couple that falls in love with each other and they light up the room when they walk in. They have that sparkle. On the contrary, find that elderly couple that's been married for 58 years. Let them walk around in the room and see what happens. I'm just saying. Nobody says congratulations. As a matter of fact, everybody's amazed that they even made it. But when you fall in love with somebody, it shows. People don't have to question. As a matter of fact, I don't know about Sister Murph. I don't guess we've ever had this conversation. I don't know that anybody's ever asked me, do I really love this woman? Nobody's ever asked me that question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked her, do you really love that man? I guess we can talk about it when we get home this afternoon. But when you love somebody, it moves us into an attitude that changes both us and those that are around us. People, people who love find themselves coming into this kind of thinking. When you love Jesus, you will do more than belong. You will participate. You will do more than care. You will help. You will do more than believe. You will practice. You will be more than fair. You will be kind. You will do more than forgive. You will forget. You will do more than dream. You will work. You will do more than teach. You will inspire. You will do more than earn. You will enrich. You will do more than give. You will serve. You will do more than live. You will grow. You'll do more than suffer your triumph. Faithful and wise servants are willing to pay the price, are willing to get out of their comfort zones, no matter what it, what it is that moves them out of it. And they have a deep love for Jesus. I want you to stand with me today. I'm... very thankful as you've heard many times thankful for my parents and at least on the level that I know them my dad was taken away when I was 16 but on the level that I knew them I, my mother taught Sunday school for I think over 35 years if I remember correct, taught junior high class for 35 years, never took a break never stopped, just taught, 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 taught. every Sunday how many people I've had walk up to me and say I'll never forget your mother's Sunday school days but nobody really went after their potential 
My dad was a wise man, very knowledgeable man. I believe he could have been an amazing teacher. But back in those days, people didn't look for gifting and talent and all that like we do now. But I'm going to tell you what they gave me, and it was their greatest manifestation of love to God and to their family. I thought about it in the past several days and all the tumult that's going on in our life right now with moving. All of these things still run around in my head. I still remember 13, 14 years old walking into my house late in the afternoon. Sometimes the sun had already set many, many times. Walk in the door covered in sweat, been playing football, whatever it was. Had that little ring of dirt under my neck. Fingernails is all black with dirt. Just been playing all day. Won't try to describe how I smell, but I think you get the point. Walk in the back door of our house and just covered in chill bumps just like that. I didn't know what it was then, but I do now. And then I heard a sound. I heard my daddy in the front bedroom of our house, which was my sister's bedroom at the time, clapping his hands for all he was worth and just shouting to the Lord and praying and he would name every one of his kids and he would pray and pray and pray. And when he called my name, I couldn't hold back the tears. I I just walked inside from playing and I felt this sensation, this power all over me. I couldn't hold back tears. I was wiping my eyes with tears and I'd kind of run off to a shelf somewhere and look at stuff and let the tears stream. And I stood there and listened to my dad pray. He allowed himself to be yanked out of his comfort zone when he felt a burden for his family. He didn't sit there and think about it. He kind of did something about it. I wish I could be more like him in that department. And he would clap his hands and pray and talk gift that he gave me I can tell you this I never heard him teach a class never heard him testify never heard him sing a song those of you that feel like if you're not up here somewhere you're not doing nothing that wasn't my daddy either but there's one thing I can tell you he had a deep love for God a deep love for the word of God Ange and I have had conversations similar to this her grandfather, Brother Rogers, what a man. A lot of you know Brother Rogers. He could testify on a Wednesday night and bring the house down. Yes, he could. But actually, I've been in Brother Rogers' house on occasions with my friend Johnny, and I've heard him pray. It was very similar to my dad. So those of you who think I can't do anything for God, why don't you get in your bedroom sometimes and pray for your family? gave me something. My daddy gave me something that more than a Bible class and a song and all of that could ever do. Why? Because he had a deep, deep love for God. I want to appeal to our parents here today as I'm appealing to your kids and to your grandkids to step up, to be better, to do more, to give back. Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you make a commitment to pray for them like you've never prayed before? So does anybody here today want to be a wise and faithful servant? 
Anybody want to be a faithful and wise servant? As they begin to sing today, I want to open up the front of this building to our students, to our parents, to our grandparents, to anybody that will come. You can stand, you can kneel, whatever you want to do. But it's time for somebody here today to fall in love with Jesus again. It's time for somebody to say, God, I say I love you, but I'm coming to say it again. Stronger and more forceful. Come on. Come on. There's no more reason to tarry. Everybody come. Why don't you come and tell him again today and assure Jesus one more time. God, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. Come on, everybody. Let's gather in around the front and share your heart with Jesus right now. Everybody come. Pound down and say you are king. So let's